Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com, and today we have GHSA Girls Elite 8 Basketball Previews and Predictions. People, can you believe it? We are at the home stretch of the season, like the, the, the home stretch of the season. We've had a wild state tournament of course no surprise there a lot of upsets a lot of interesting results in the sweet 16 but we are here in the elite eight now and we have to break down these final remaining games and we will start right now with class 7a without further ado let's get right into it we have marietta region three number one They survived Parkview, 58-54, and now they're heading on the road. Not too far of a trip, Marietta to uh, Canton, Georgia. They see Region 5, number one Cherokee, who handled Norcross, 57-45. Another really good game, two very well-coached teams. Coach Cates at Cherokee on the verge of another Final Four berth versus Coach DeWitt at Marietta. Again, I think this one is going to come down to Kate Johnson, about 6'2", 6'3", inside, going to Furman. She is a load inside for Cherokee. So tough to stop such great hands. If she misses a, a you know one attempt, she's going to get the rebound and finish her second attempt. So you have to keep her off the glass if you are Marietta. Now, Marietta, they, they have some size, they have some length. I mean, Lauren Walker is 6'2", and is going to... Uh, Michigan State, but she's not much of a power player inside, and I don't know who they're going to have to defend Kate Johnson, but if if somehow Lauren Walker gets switched onto her or guards her straight up, if she gets into foul trouble, that could really hurt Marietta. Uh, where Marietta, I do think, has the advantage, um, is on the perimeter. Now, I do think Cherokee does have um, very solid guard play. Caroline Carl has knocked down shots throughout the season consistently. She's been very good. Lily Griffin, uh, a, a very good defender. Uh, so there's a there's a lot to choose from for Cherokee. Presley Clark again, another a good defender and facilitator. Um, but Chloe Sterling, she's that good. She's really shifty. She gets downhill. She's a great passer. Has great vision for Marietta. You know, Lauren Nelson, MJ Harris. Those girls I'm looking at. Uh, having to really step up. Um, my original pick was Cherokee to make it to the Final Four. I'm going to stick with that. I think playing at Cherokee will be tough. I think I, you know, I just can't foresee this game not going down to the wire and not being decided by less than ten points. I just think Cherokee. Um, you know, this is a team that's been there, done that before. Uh, again, they made it to the Final Four last year, uh, so I think they do have. Um, that 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 postseason experience now Marietta not quite as much, um, but this is a team that is really trending in the right direction with Sterling who transferred in in the offseason really brought this team to another level. But I do think Cherokee, which is how many bodies they can throw out there and how well they they complement each other with that system and they know to play hard defense and they, they just have a lot. I just think Cherokee has a little bit more depth than Marietta and with Kate Johnson inside and the outside three-point shooting of not just one or two players for Cherokee. I mean, you can line up four, five, six girls that can hit you up for two or three threes in a game. I think with that depth on the perimeter and the depth off the bench and then Kate Johnson inside, I think Cherokee finds a way to get it done in a really tight matchup. Next, we have Collins Hill, who won 78 
42-48, pulling away in the second half from South Forsyth. We have a rematch. Number one, Collins Hill versus number two, McEachern, who beat Grayson 78-63. And this was a really good game. Earlier in the season, I watched these two teams hook up. 52-51 was the final score, it looks like. We had McEachern losing by one. Um, really a game that went down to the final buzzer. I know McEachern hit a three from beyond half court at the buzzer, but it was right after the buzzer, and it was clearly after the buzzer. So it was that close. And we said back then this is a state championship preview matchup. And to no surprise, that is what we get. Uh, unfortunately, um, these two teams are meeting in the Elite Eight, and that's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes. But make no mistake, this is a state championship game right here. I think the winner of this game wins the state championship. I just I just don't know um, how it wouldn't be the case. But, you, you know, you never know this time of year. But this is a really good game. I know um, Sasha Washington, she had a big game in this one. Didn't really score a whole lot in their first meeting, but just how well she rebounded and she really took it at McEachern. And she got helped get Jill Hongshed into some uh, foul trouble a little early on. And Hongshed, you know, very early on in her career with McEachern transferring in from Holy Innocence, um, she was still kind of getting used to uh, that cast of characters. And she came, came on strong in that fourth quarter, but didn't have enough. I know she finished with a... Um, maybe about 17 points or so, somewhere in that vicinity. Uh, she did have a good game, uh, hit some outside shots. She had an outside shot late to potentially um, tie the game, but she wasn't able to connect. But um, we're talking about this is going down to the wire again. I think Kaylin Ellis, who hit four threes in the first match, it looked like she finished with 16 points if this max preps box score is correct. Um, she, she, she had a good game. Um, but I think Denim to Shield, she's going to be key. I think it was like a really good third quarter, I want to say, she had against Collins Hill where you saw her just creating and getting to the basket and taking people off the dribble from McEachin. But it was only one quarter, and the three other quarters, she was really quiet and was um, held under wraps. Now, a player that came up big for this Collins Hill team was Paris game as a freshman. I thought she had about five. I think she had maybe eight points or so, but she had some key shots down the stretch. I thought she played really well. I thought Collins Hill's guards kind of struggled against the pressure of McEachern at times. Um, Anisha Malone, I think her and Eden Sample, they're going to have to make sure they protect the ball and don't get turned over too much because McEachern was being aggressive there, picking them up at half court, and really were, was forcing McEachern outside, or was forcing Collins Hill outside, excuse me, and making them start their offense from, you know, at half court and not at the three-point line. So they were backing them up, but give credit to Collins Hill for finding a way to win that game. And I think this is going to be another really good game. I, I, I'm going to go at Collins Hill just because... They beat them once before. I don't think that really says a whole lot, but just consistently throughout the the year. Um, Collins Hill has been so good. They've played so many teams. I mean, again, I keep repeating the same thing, but they've won games in blowout fashion. They've won games close, down to the wire. They've won a whole variety of games. Now, I think the X and O side of things, Phyllis Arthur has done this before. She's won multiple state championships. Brian Harmon has not done so. So uh, X and O's wise, I would have to give the advantage to McEachern. Plus, we are playing this game at McEachern. So home court advantage with that universal coin flip, that is something to think about. But I do think Collins Hill, this is just such a talented roster. I think they find a way to win. But again, let me preface this by saying, 
I'm not surprised either way. This really is a coin flip game. I Again, another game I can't see being decided by more than six points. McEachern um, is loaded. We had them number one to open up the season. It didn't turn out that way. Number two, pretty much wire to wire after that loss to Collins Hill. But McEachern is as talented as anybody in the state. But again, I'm just going to stick with Collins Hill. If not now, then... It might not be ever for Collins Hill with this, this senior class and with all these players they brought in over the years. And, you know, McEachin, they did, you know, benefit from the transfer as well recently. But I'm going with Collins Hill in a really good game. Next, on that top right-hand side, we have some shakeup. Woodstock, Region 5, number 2. They beat Archer 52-49. Bridget Upper, I think, was 24 points. They just could not stop her. Just was really elevating the play of all those Wolverines. And now they have a home game because Region 4, number 4, Newton. We said this is a dangerous team. Young guards, but extremely talented guards. With Sanaya Tripp, a freshman, I think she's going to be a five-star player. Jeremiah Berry, a freshman, can knock down threes off the dribble. And then Ashley Norris, a junior, is creative as they come and as shifty as they come. Um, they beat North Paulding 55-46, and now they travel on the road again. This time to Woodstock. Um, for Woodstock, I am interested to see how they can defend Newton. I think Woodstock is a favorite in this game. And I, I'm going to go off on a limb. I'm picking Woodstock here because they do have home court advantage. And I do think they're going to have a lot of um, a lot of um, you know size inside that's going to benefit them with Savannah Casey. Again, we always keep saying she's not a true post presence, but she is 6'3". She can alter shots. She can rebound. And she does space the floor. But with her and Casey Miller inside, those are two big bodies that Newton, they, they have a little size, but not a lot of impactful size. It's a lot of heavy lifting from that perimeter play of Newton. Carson Martin, I think she's going to be key. I know Bridget Upberg's going to bring it defensively, but Carson Martin, I want to see how they defend Newton, if she's going to be able to keep them in front. I know she's a really good scorer. I, I, I want to see her really lock down and you know get in front of Newton and pick up some steals. Um, I think Newton has a firepower between their top three. But I think Woodstock, one through five, uh, more solid. I think they're deeper. Um, Sarah Grace Bertinelli. Uh, she's a very good uh, effort player, a hard-nosed defender as well. I think she is going to be key in this game, uh, trying to stay in front of these Newton guards. And for that reason, I think Bridget Utberg just leading the charge. Um, again, I think they have a little bit more depth to rely on, and they're a, a group that is older uh, than this Newton team. So I'm going with Woodstock to make it to the Final Four. Next, we have Brookwood versus North Forsyth. Brookwood won 56-48 against Campbell. And, you know, what they're saying is a controversial game. They said the, the baskets in the first half for Campbell were at 11 feet, which is just, I don't even know how that happens. And it's just so weird. And, like, why would that be the case? And why would they, you know, purposely try and do something like that? So I don't know what's going to become of that. And even if it, it was the case, obviously I don't think it was on purpose. But it is strange. I know Campbell parents are trying to get this game reversed and have a a, uh, a rematch and play it over again and, you know, play that game under protest. So very, very strange. Interesting to see what becomes of that. But I do think, um, you know, Brookwood did win that game. And I think, you know, if, if everything stays the same, Brookwood is in the Elite Eight where they will see North Forsyth. And North Forsyth, a 62-41 win over Roswell. 
Very impressive win right there. So what do we have here? North Forsyth, a team, again, that has a lot of bodies that they can run at you, and they're going to have a lot of good shooters, not a lot of um, you know phenomenal off the ball, you know, shifty, get to the basket, create one-on-one. This is a team that is going to play team basketball and share the ball on the perimeter and play fundamentally sound, very tough defense. And they, they lock down some of the best. They are, you know, very strong defensively, and they're very balanced on offense. And you're looking at both these teams. I mean, just reading off what Brookwood did, Diana Collins, who is definitely going to be the best player in this game, she had 13 points and six rebounds. Amaya Durham, 13 and six. Nakea Williams had 12 points. Kate Phelan, who can shoot from the outside, at nine points and eight rebounds. Madison Bordeaux, uh, Bordeaux had eight rebounds in this game. So you're talking about about four players, five players right there that had key contributions. And you look at what North Forsyth did. Ella Holbrook, 15 points. Maddie Erickson inside with 13 points. Allie Jones, 13 points. Anna Gilada, 10 points. You know, Halem Adel, who I really like as just a physical guard that can play whatever position Coach Cudless needs from her. Um, that's a lot of options to choose from for North Forsyth. Now, this game is at North Forsyth. A home court advantage. I think they're going to want to make this a defensive struggle. But I think Brookwood, I, you know, I picked them to make it to the Final Four and all the way to the state championship game. I'm going to stick with Brookwood. Again, Deanna Collins, I just think she's, you know, that good. She is a, you know, if she's not already a five-star player, she's going to be. She's so smooth. She elevates her team. Um, she's just a great clutch shooter. She'll hit from the outside. She'll get to a basket. She will facilitate. They beat a Campbell team that likes to press, 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 and has solid athletes and can get after you. Now you're seeing a North Forsyth team that can do a little pressing here and there, but they're not going to attack, 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 you know, all 32 minutes like a Campbell might do. So I think Brookwood has just gotten past a team with a very tough defensive mindset, and they're going to see a little bit different version of a really good defense in North Forsyth, but I do like Brookwood to win this game. And again, I think it's going to be a really good matchup, but I just feel like Brookwood at this stage of the game, they have good enough role players that surround uh, Diana Collins, and I think Diana Collins is that good that she can lead her team to a Final Four appearance. So those are the teams I have in Class 7A. Now let's take a look at Class 6A. Um, What do we have here? We had, um, you know, the only game I predicted wrong so far, it looks like, was Langston Hughes got hot, hit, sounds like double-digit three-pointers. Um, against Rockdale, and Rockdale had that lead kind of early on, um, but Langston Hughes was able to surge past and won 61-55. So Langston Hughes representing Region 4, no surprise in the grand scheme of things that Region 4 places their top three teams in the Elite Eight. It was an elite region all year long, um, so really no surprise there. So we have Langston Hughes going up against Carrollton, who won 64-43 over Sequoia. This is going to be a very interesting matchup. Now, just listening to people and talking to some of the experts, Carrollton, they haven't been able to get as many turnovers as expected. They weren't able to really turn over Lanier too much. They weren't able to turn over Sequoia all that much. And I kind of worry as we get deeper and deeper. Now, you know, I pick Carrollton to make it to the state championship. I'm going to hold on to that pick right now, but I think... You know, after this Elite Eight round, and I don't know if this is cheating or not, but just depending on what I see between Buford Lovejoy, Carrollton, Langston Hughes, I 
I feel like I might be kind of flipping and kind of feeling like it's Buford. Buford never loses uh, this time of year. I feel like it might be Buford coming out of this left side of the bracket and playing Westlake for a state title. But I'm going to hold on tight. I want to see one more result from Carrollton, see what they can do against a very good Langston Hughes team um, that really has a, 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 a ton of weapons. I mean, Autumn Phillips is a really good guard. I think she's going to Augusta, if I'm not mistaken. Tamia Stargell, she's another really good guard that has um, just a lot of poise and a lot of smoothness to her game. You got um, you got Raven uh, Thompson, a, a physical forward that plays pretty much every position, a point forward type player. Uh, Demisha Kane knocks down outside shots. Like Langston Hughes has a lot of weapons. But Carrollton has Damari Flournoy going to Vanderbilt. She can flip a switch in the second, you know, bat of an eye. She can take over a game. Kande Abasoy is a great player, a, a quick ball handler that can score as well. You know, a lefty, really tough. Uh, Kenesha Daniel, I like her as well. It's just a, a game changer. Now, Carrollton, depth-wise, I think that could be an issue um, once we get a little bit deeper. I think it might be okay against Langston Hughes, but I think this is going to be such a good game. Um, Carrollton gets Langston Hughes at home, so I think that's going to be big. I'm going to ride with my original pick of Carrollton, but I want to see Carrollton start getting some more turnovers and getting that pressure and making that happen. I know they... Uh, at one point, I don't know if she's back yet or not, but they're a little thin in the front court, and that could hurt them eventually. Um, but Damari Flournoy, I'm going to roll with her. I love her game. She, she's just such a dynamic scorer, and she can catch fire from deep. And Obasoy just gives uh, Coach Thompson another great ball hander that can beat defensive pressure. Um, Langston Hughes is very good. I mean, you know, both these teams have come in battle tested, especially Langston Hughes with that region four. But I'm going to stick with my original pick of Carrollton. Now, I'm not 100% sure or not as confident as I was that they're going to make it to the state championship, but I still like Carrollton. I think their talent, and they have very good coaching as well. I think that wins through, and plus they're playing at home, so I got Carrollton going to the Final Four as I originally picked. Next, on the bottom left-hand side, Buford, 90-63. to I thought Sprayberry could be in trouble. I didn't think they would just get the doors blown off them, but... Buford putting up 90 points and 81 points in the first round of the tournament. Um, yeah, they're peaking at the right time. And now they see Lovejoy, who beat Statesboro 48-31. And now uh, that's what I was afraid of. Um, it's just different basketball up here. There's just more opportunities. It's just these are like killers. And Statesboro is a very good team, a very good team. But I said this is going to be... A measuring stick game. Where do you stack up? If Statesboro wins this game, now we're literally talking about Statesboro being a team that is uh, a team that could compete for a state runner-up. I still don't think anyone's touching Westlake, but that could have put them in that category of being a state runner-up type team. But Lovejoy handled their business from the opening tip, forty-eight uh, to thirty-one, and. Again, you're coming from that brutal Region 4. They've seen the best of the best. Like, they beat in Langston Hughes. They played with Westlake. They played a really good non-region schedule. Lovejoy is still Lovejoy. They might not have the exact talent as they had in years past, but a 21-5 first quarter really just put a damper on everything for Statesboro. So they hold them to 31 points and win that game. And Layla Hood was... Was big inside, had 13 points and 12 rebounds. Uh, you know, one of her better games this year. Lanaya Foster had 10 points, and everyone else just kind of, you know, chipping in here and there, here and there. 
So this is a really good Lovejoy team. And, you know, going up against Buford, I just don't think Lovejoy has the elite guard play this year that can handle a nonstop uh, onslaught of Buford pressing and trapping and running and hunting and go, go, go. We're going to play 10, 11 girls, and it's going to come at you in waves and waves, and we're never going to get tired. I think that is going to be a key factor. Um, you're looking at still a young backcourt for Lovejoy. I know Brianna Preston is very, very talented, but I don't know if she's seen this type of pressure. I know I don't know what Westlake ran against them, but I do know Westlake can sometimes sit back in that 2-3 zone. But you know Buford is going to bring the fight the entire 32 minutes. And, you know, I think Lovejoy is a good team. They're going to have a chance. But I just think Buford's just going to come at them and at them and at them. And Ava Grace Watson is really good. And Sarah Beatty's going to hit some outside shots if Blair Wallace gets hot. Ashia Willis, of course, going to Georgia College can do things. Tatum Osmond, like I'm naming way too many players because they're just so deep. And you go to the bench when Gene Durden goes to the bench, there's just not really a drop off. Now, you know, they only have maybe one star player in Ava Grace who's only a, a freshman, but it's just all these girls that buy into the role and play extremely hard and know what they're supposed to do and just come at you and come at you. And they they expect to win um, every single time they step on the floor. And they've won, uh, you know, how many state champions championships in a row? I mean, Buford just does it and does it and does it. And, you know, Lovejoy, it's just going to be very challenging for them as far as being able to handle that pressure. I mean, Buford's won, what, four straight? They're going for their fifth straight and going for, looks like, eh, one, two, three, four, five. They're, what, going for like their sixth and maybe seven years or so. So this team just always wins. But I will say, um, you know, this game is actually at Buford too, so that makes it even harder for Lovejoy. Uh, I think Lovejoy's going to play hard. They're going to have a really good game plan. But, you know, are they going to be able – to execute their game plan against Buford because you know Buford always executes their game plan. Um, long story short, I just think Buford's just going to be too tough. I think Lovejoy, they're going to have more individual talent, um, but Buford is a machine this time of year. I just don't see Lovejoy beating Buford with you know not elite, elite guard play that is seasoned just quite yet. Top right-hand side, River Ridge 55-42 over Rome. They see Grovetown, a 60-52 winner over Lee County. And, yes, Grovetown, we picked them to make it to the Elite Eight. We picked River Ridge to make it to the Elite Eight. Now Grovetown is heading back to Cherokee County where they were at Sequoia earlier in the year, and they fell to Etowah, a game I saw. River Ridge is better than Etowah. River Ridge with Matea Gale is going to just be electric and very difficult to stop. Now, I think Grovetown... We'll be able to play a, a good game, and Kiana Curtis, she's going to have to be a difference maker inside. But, I mean, Allie Sweet, the freshman, has just been gobbling up rebounds at a ridiculous rate for River Ridge. She gets steals. She gets deflections. Sophie Reyes um, is another big body that can get physical and really shut down the paint. I think Jada Porter is going to have to have a fantastic game for Grovetown. But I just think River Ridge, Chloe Bedore, all these girls, they just play so well together. Um, they have a nice mixture of youth and some veterans, and Matea Gale is going to be the best player on the floor, and it's at home. I think River Ridge will make it on to the next round. I just don't think Grovetown is going to have enough um, outside of their top two players to really um, score the ball well enough against a good River Ridge team that plays pretty good defense. Next up, Westlake 84-36 over Brunswick. Of course, no surprise, they're averaging... 84 and a half points per game. I mean, they score 85 in round one, 84 in round two. And, 
you know, it, it, it's pretty much right on par with what Buford we just mentioned is doing with 90 points and 81 points. So it looks like everything is kind of trending towards Buford versus Westlake. But Westlake with the win. And Kale, they handled their business against Habersham Central 50-32. to And Kale has Westlake at home. And Crystal Henderson, this is your time to shine. Man, oh, man, we know how good she is. Now you're going up against the very, very best and I want to see what Westlake does. Are they going to sit in that 2-3 zone? Are they going to play any man defense? Will Raven Johnson have a chance to you know, straight up defend Crystal Henderson? I'm not sure. But I just know Westlake will win this game. I think Kel is going to do the best they can. But they are going to see that 1% of a team that is just as Well, I won't say just as. But probably more athletic than them. Uh, a team with a superstar, well, two superstars with Raven Johnson going to South Carolina, then Tania Latson, a freak athlete that is, you know, you, we think Jemiah Gregory's a great athlete, and she is, but Tania Latson is probably just as good, if not better. Um, so any live ball turnover Kale has, they have to limit those. And again, I keep harping on the same thing over and over and over when you play Westlake. Everybody has to sprint back to the paint. Like if you take up, you know, you take one shot. You might have one other rebounder, but you need to have three girls sprinting back. You cannot let them just eat you alive and score 20, 30 points in transition, or you have no hope at all. And I want to see what Kel does. I know they can bring the press here and there sometimes. I think Amaya Moss, she's a good rebounder. Jada Green, those girls are going to um, be important inside for Kel, but they're battling Missia McKinney, uh, Snoop Turnage with that length. Um, it's a good one. I think this is the present versus the future. I just don't think Kell's going to be able uh, to keep pace with Westlake. I mean, Crystal Henderson, she's, you know, they've won games with her scoring, you know, 20 points. And, you know, that's a good outburst. But it's going to have to be like a 40-point outburst. She's going to have to go crazy from three. Sylvia Cahora is going to have to knock down threes, especially against uh, this zone if Westlake goes to their 2-3 zone where they're so active up front. They're just going to have to be lights out from three. And, again, they're going to have to sprint back to the lane. And they do have a little length inside with Moss, who I mentioned, who can block some shots. But uh, Kale is a very good team, one of the most talented rosters left in this state tournament. But Westlake is Westlake, and I just I just can't see them beating them. But I, I think you know, I'm, I'm super interested to see how well Kale plays against them and to see what kind of fight they put up. But... Westlake is Westlake over 100 straight wins. Um, I just can't foresee them not getting the job done. Now let's go to Class 5A. We saw Woodward demolish Coffee 71-44 and Cass just blown out of the water, not even able to compete really with Southwest the Cab. Um, pick Southwest the Cab to win that game, but maybe by like 15 points or so, not just Beat the heck out of them by 20, 30 plus the entire game. Um, I I gave you the keys to the to success for Cass going in that game. Their star players playing like stars, and Wendacia Smith had a really good game, but they just had nothing going with Southwest Cab with their size inside and just how well they played and defensively. I mean, Southwest Cab has just been locking down. I mean, they held Walnut Grove to three points, which I guess has been confirmed that it was seventy-seven to three. So Southwest Cab is playing exceptional basketball right now. They're going to give Woodward all they can handle. This game's at the jungle, at the, the Panther Den over here, Southwest Cab. So we'll see what they can concoct. But, you know, Sydney Bowles and all that length that Woodward has. So 
Southwest DeKalb with A.D. Brownlee and Taylor Christmas. They're not going to have just a field day inside. Mackenzie Mooring's about 6'1", 6'2", with length. Sarah Lewis, 6'1", with length. Um, Zoe Scott, Sydney Bowles. You're talking about a lot of six-foot-plus girls uh, for Woodward. And they're just going to be really, really tough. I think Southwest DeKalb is going to be able to have a good game plan and kind of make it close for a while. But I just think this Woodward team is... Just so in tune with what's going on right now, I just can't foresee them losing. So I have Woodward advancing to the Final Four. And as I look at the rest of this bracket, we'll move on to the left-hand side, but I've only picked one game wrong so far in Class 5A girls, and that was Coffee upsetting Union Grove. So I feel okay right now. I haven't had a bracket completely blown up yet, uh, but this is a time of year where things could get a little crazy. But Loganville, 51-29 over Maynard Jackson, really put their foot down and got a nice win. And then Griffin, 59-49 over Eagles Landing. Um, Going with Loganville in this one, as I I, I picked in the very first podcast, I just think that you know Griffin's got Samaya Puckett inside, and she's big, and I think Nadia Bauer to, Byard is going to be important with her defense, but Loganville has some good size. Amaya Lewis is 6'3", freshman. Janae Charles about 6'1". Rose Bones about a 5'11", uh, inside out, you know, swing man, really good. And Sydney Bolden, I think she can be the X factor here. Uh, Griffin, they're, they're going to have them at home. I think Leah Turner, she's going to have to knock down some outside shots. Aaliyah Duranham's going to have to do some good things, you know, offensively and defensively. But I just think this Loganville team, they're stacked, they're ready, they're locked and loaded. I think, again, Sydney Bolden is going to be a key piece for their success. And I just think Rose Bone and Janae Charles are just dynamic inside out. Both good passers, both can score. As I just said, inside and out, and you can go from 15 out to the three-point line and then you know power up inside. I just don't think Griffin has that kind of offensive firepower. I think it's Leah uh, Turner going to have the, you know a lot on her shoulders to shoot from the outside, and then Samaya Puckett, more of a cleanup girl inside. I don't know. I think she has really good footwork, but I just don't know if she's going to be able to put up you know 16 points and 12 rebounds against this front line of Loganville. And for that reason, I have the Red Devils advancing. Up next, Hiram, 43-40 over St. Pius. And what was a a gringy, gutty, grungy type game. Not a lot of offense, a lot of fouls, a lot of whistles. Hiram just found a way to survive St. Pius. And now they see Forest Park, who crushed Warner Robins 51-25. Going with Forest Park here. Um, I'll be interested to see how Hiram plays this. I just think, you know, Hiram's a team that does like to press at times, and they do have good athletes, and they do have a little bit of size inside, but if they want to turn this into a track meet, um, I just worry about Hiram's best style of play is getting up and down and using Amani Smith in transition. Um, Forest Park's good in transition, too, and if you try to run that run game with Forest Park, I think Forest Park uh, you know, has the advantage there. I think Saniah Fagan going to be big inside. I know Hiram does have some size that can kind of alter some shots inside, uh, but I think Saniah Fagan... And then you're talking about Jasmine Stevens again, another about six foot, six foot one four that goes inside out. I think they're just going to be really tough. And I'm looking at some outside shooting. Olympia Chaney going to UT Arlington, knocking down shots. Jada Brown. I just think this Forest Park team is just going to be a little too strong up the middle for Hiram. And I, I think Hiram can, you know, play with them a little bit. But I think Hiram has to get off to a really good start in that first quarter to build some confidence. Say, hey, okay, yes. We know we're a good team, but now we know we definitely belong here at this level. 
Um, but I think it's going to be tough. I think Sydney Jones, she's going to have to have a really big game inside for Hiram as far as rebounding and clearing loose balls. And same with Ariel Owens. She has to step up. I know she didn't score too much against St. Pius. She's going to have to have a really big game and do it as a six foot four that can, again, shoot the three ball, can rebound, has good footwork. So Hiram does have some post play inside, um, but I just think it's going to be hard to stop Forest Park. And I think Forest Park, if they get up early, I think it's going to be hard for Hiram to come back. So I'm going with Forest Park, um, even though they will be playing on the road. I'm going with the Panthers. Next up, Dutchtown 42-34 over McIntosh. They get New Manchester, who won a 55-49 game over Greenbrier. Um, I'm going with New Manchester here. Again, I think this is a a, a pretty good team. Um, Carissa Richardson is just going to be such a problem inside, such a problem inside um, for this for this Dutchtown team to defend. Dutchtown doesn't have a ton of size inside, and I think that could really come back to hurt them because uh, Richardson, uh, she continues the theme of inside-out post players. She's averaging over 18 points, 10 rebounds a game, three steals, three blocks. She's really good. They've uh, gotten some really nice play from Hannah Wright and Cameron Bates on the perimeter. Uh, I even like uh, India Johnson's a, a solid undersized guard. So they have a lot of pieces to choose from. I think, again, Dutchtown goes as Paige Lyons goes, going to East Carolina. She's really good, but I think um, she might have some trouble trying to score inside once she turns that corner if Carissa – um, you know, Richardson's in there trying to block those shots. I think she could alter some things. I just wonder about, is she going to get enough help from, you know, Jade Anderson and um, Adesha James? And I thought uh, Nadisha Ford plays a really good energy, but I just wonder, are are they going to get enough offense outside of Page Lines consistently against a new Manchester team on the road? Um, I'm going with new Manchester in this one. They've been very good all season long, and I think they're really starting to believe that we could win a state title this year. Next up, let's go to Class 4A as we ride on down the pipe. 4A, uh, what do we got here? Spalding 58-43 over Kendrick. Now they see the Cinderella story from Region 8. Number 4, Cedar Shoals, a 42-29 winner over Northwest Whitfield. Uh, they were able to clamp down on Northwest after a slow start. And they really just were able to kind of impose their will and were just too quick and Athletic defensively, they, they really made some things tough on Northwest Whitfield. So now they're they're on the road heading to Spalding, a, a four seed versus a three seed. Spalding, uh, they've been playing well. Kirsten Milner's averaging over 15 points per game. She's been leading this team all season long. Um, but Cedar Shoals, they're, they're, they're a solid group. Ashley Lester, Skylar Lattimore, they have some nice players. Um, just looking at this right now, who am I picking here? Oh, boy. I mean, Spalding is a team we've had in the top 10 all season long. Cedar Shoals, however, they're playing really good basketball. So this is one where you're thinking, okay, are we going based on the entirety of the season and what the resume looks like? Now, remember, uh, Nariah Sladen out for the season for Spalding. That's her best player. She's been gone for a while now. I do have Alicia Thread inside, who's a solid four that likes to attack from the high post and get to the basket. But, I mean, Cedar Shoals, they've seen some really, really good teams down the stretch. I think Cedar Shoals might have had a better um, non-region schedule. Oh, this is tough. Uh, Spalding's at home. Cedar Shoals on the road. Cedar Shoals is living right right now, playing good basketball. Sheesh. I don't know. I think I'm going to roll the dice, and I'm, you know, 
I'm going with Cedar Shoals in this one. I I think Cedar Shoals they have a full roster. I I do think Spalding not having all their players healthy that is eventually going to catch up to them playing against a good team. And Cedar Shoals is a solid team. You're looking at a team that's now what 16, 17, and eight overall. I know they got the four seed, but they played against Flowery Branch, who's in the Elite Eight. They played against Jefferson, who's in the Elite Eight. So three teams out of Region Eight in the Elite Eight. And I think Cedar Shoals, um, again, they're playing with house money right now. And I think Cedar Shoals, is, they're going to get to the Final Four. Next up, bottom left-hand side, a statement was made. Jefferson, 88-58, to 58, just absolutely beat the heck out of Arabia Mountain, which was which was stunning. I know Arabia Mountain's a, a young team, but just to get just drubbed like that, just get beat up, beat up. Crazy to see that. And now they're seeing Carver Columbus who beat Westside Macon 86-43. Nothing much to see right there. So what do we have there? Here. Um I went Carver Columbus in the pre you know pre postseason podcast to really break it down. Uh, that's my original Final Four pick. Um gosh, with how well Jefferson has played right now, uh, a 62-point win over North Clay and a 30-point win over Arabia Mountain. But this game is going to be played at Carver Columbus, and that's a long ways away from home from, what, talking like Northeast Georgia and Jefferson. Um, they're going to have to play well. I think Jefferson's going to have the advantage at the guard position. Deshauna Gaither, she had uh, 23 points in the first round game against North Clayton, so she's she's had some success already. Uh, I think we're talking about uh, Livy Blackstock. Uh, she is going to... North Georgia, she's been very good, of course. Um, you know, she had another big game in that second round. She's good. Ellie Kinlaw's good. I mean, all these girls are good. They're very well-rounded a team, and they're going to attack and attack and attack. Um, Jefferson just has a lot to choose from. Courtney Kidd as well, who we haven't mentioned as much this year. She's really tough. <sighs> but, you know, Carver Columbus, they do have Demaya Beach, and he's a solid player that's playing at the next level. Uh, Kiana Gaines, they're going to go as she goes. She's going to Clemson. She needs to really just take this game over and stamp herself as, yes, I am the best player on the floor. I have to leave no doubt. I'm going to the ACC, and you have to feel me as an ACC player. You have to know I'm the ACC player out here, and I can't just be because I'm more athletic than you. She needs to be able to get to the basket. She needs to show off an outside shot. Defensively is where she can shine. She has to play a big game. And then Kamaya Edmonds inside. And um, Inishon Jones, you're talking about two big 6-2 post players. I think that is where they have the size advantage. They do have an advantage in the paint against Jefferson. So if Clarver Columbus, if they're able to handle that Jefferson pressure and get it into the half court and take a breath and then get what they want, I know that they're going to be able to get some second chance points offensively. So I'm going to stick with my original pick, Carver Columbus, but I know Jefferson is going to give them everything they want and more. If Carver Columbus does not play a very good game, like I'm talking, they're going to have to play their A game. If they play a B game, they're going to lose to Jefferson. Uh, But I think Carver Columbus will find a way. I think the Twin Towers, the home court advantage, and I don't know. I know Jefferson's going to be able to throw some more bodies out there, but I just think Carver Columbus just finds a way with their physicality to scratch and claw a game out over Jefferson. Next up, picking 61-51 over North Oconee, a close game. They did pull it out versus Cairo, 58-48. Cairo versus Pickens. This is, boy, Cairo, Georgia. That is uh, 
It's a lot different from Jasper. I will tell you that right now. I haven't even been to Cairo, but I know it's a long ways away and it's going to be a lot different. I'm going with Cairo, who I picked in the, my first podcast. I'm going to stick true to them. Ambria Vicks and uh, Chambria Vicks, I think those two with their ability to break it down off the dribble, and then Leah Perry inside, I think they're going to cause a problem now. Pickens, they've been playing great basketball. They're a bounce attack that everyone could hit you for about eight to nine points, and they're going to go deep with you with that, and they're going to be well coached by Coach Thomas, but I'm going with Cairo. They haven't been ranked all season long. They're, what, 15-16-1 right now. I kind of worried about what they've seen in the non-region schedule, but they beat West Lawrence round one. They beat a solid Hardaway team by 10. And now I think Cairo at home, the syrup makers, will find a way to advance to the Final Four. Bottom right-hand side, Troop, 48-41 over Bainbridge. And the Cinderella story, they were sandbagging this year. But no, I I hear uh, Ashley Locke missed some time for Flowery Branch, so that kind of tells you why they're coming into the state tournament at 12-14. and 14. But Flowery Branch, 45-35 over number one seeded Marist. So Flowery Branch, a two-seed out of Region 8, they are rolling. They have two great wins in the postseason. They're playing a troop team that they've been good this year, but not quite as good as last year. Um, here, I think Flowery Branch, can they handle troops? Uh, length at the guard position and their attacking defense. Can they handle that? Uh, Shania Cruz and Bella Brick, they're going to have to be really big in this one, uh, and they're going to have to be able to advance the ball. They're going to have to beat pressure, get the ball, get this into a half-court game, and then dump it down to Ashley Locke and get her as many touches as possible. Ashley Locke, very good inside troop. Now, I know Anaya Palmer, she's long. She's about six foot tall, blocks a lot of shots. I just don't know, is she going to be matched up against her? Are they going to be in the zone? I think that she has the length and the bounce to you know make things tough on Ashley Locke, um, but I just, I'm just i not 100% sure what they're going to run at this Flowery Branch team, and if Flowery Branch is able to handle that pressure, I think they'll be in good shape because I do think Flowery Branch, they might have an advantage at the guard position. But with all that being said, this game, um, you know, it is going to be at Flowery Branch, so you know, two two-seeds going at it. It's going to be tough for Troop, but... Troop, again, I think they just have their sights set on something bigger they lost in the state championship last year. I think Flowery Branch, you know, they're obviously super well coached. They're going to pose some issues, especially with Ashley Locke inside. They just cannot let her have an absolute field day. But Troop has seen really good teams. I mean, I know it was early in the season, but haven't they seen, like, Collins Hill? And they they, they played um, – who else did they play? They played Langston Hughes, a game that I was at early in the season. So this troop team is very battle-tested. Uh, they just beat a Banbridge team with a really good post player in Tavia Salter. M- maybe not quite as good as Ashley Locke just yet, but they've seen some talented bigs before. So I think troop, they do find a way to advance into the Final Four. Next up, let's go to Class 3A. As we are ready to break it down, and boy, oh boy, what do we have here? Johnson, 68-58 over Tattnall County. Again, just monster games from Kalia Hankerson and Imani Hamilton. Um, they got some really good scoring from the guard spot as well, so they're, 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 they're figuring it out. I mean, they don't have a, a ton to choose from as far as bodies on the bench, but um, they've, they've, uh, they're, they're right where they want to be. They're back in the Elite Eight where they have a rematch. 
um, with GAC, who ended their season last year in heartbreaking fashion. I think GAC came back in that game, and that was a uh, that was what a Final Four matchup, fifty-two fifty. It shows a nice win for GAC back then. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here. And again, you know, we're talking about this this Adam Smashers team that got. You know, 25 points, 5 assists, and 5 steals from Tiana Williams, and Hankerson at 24, 20, and 15. I mean, I don't know. These stats are kind of way out there with all this stuff. And then Amani Hamilton, 17 points, 20 rebounds, and 6 blocks. So they put up big numbers, but GAC, they've seen them before. GAC coming off a 64-39 win over Gilmer. They really, you know, got back on track after kind of sleepwalking in that first-round matchup. I think guard play is going to decide this one. And again, with guard play... Kaylee Addy has done it before. I I trust Kaylee Addy in these big games. J.C. Bolden, she's got to provide some offensive firepower um, as well here, which I think she is capable of doing. Um, but I just think it's going to be a really good game. And I know Johnson, you know, this is a bad blood game. They're they're coming all the way down um, to this uh, you know Norcross area, this uh, this Gwinnett area. Um, and they have something to prove after that loss last year, and they knocked them off from their throne. Um, but I just think GAC, they've just been you know, really playing good basketball this time of year. And I do think uh, Kaylee Addy is just going to be the difference maker here. I mean, uh, she had 21 points against Gilmer. You got 13 from J.C. Bolden, 13 from uh, Lauren Randolph, who I think is going to be key in this game, along with Molly Pritchard. Both of them not big scoring threats, but they are both you know over six foot tall and they rebound. And they can really kind of shut down what Johnson wants to do. So I'm going with GAC in this one. It'll be really interesting to see the final score of this game. And I mean, shoot, do not do not overlook Johnson. Even though they're not as strong as years past, this team is still very tough to beat in the state tournament. Um, but I do think GAC at home. I think they have a good storm brewing. I think they'll be able to out, you know, just outfight, outpower this Johnson team and be able to pull it out uh, late in the game. Next up, as I said, I went with Koala Creek, but I felt like Stevens County is probably the favorite in this game. Stevens County got that job done, 66-50 over Koala Creek. And now Stevens County travels to Upson Lee, who won 67-36 over Morgan County with the full roster. I will be at the castle. I'm making my long awaited return to the castle in Thompson. I have to see the Stevens County team play. Um, you know, I, I just love, I always love hearing these teams that these girls have been playing together since elementary school. And it's just such a special bond, especially, and you see that a lot more at the lower classification. So these higher classifications where it's all mercenaries and people are being recruited in to win state titles. And it's just like, oh my gosh, just whatever. Uh, but the Stevens County team, very good. Renaja Verdell, 16 points, 11 rebounds per game. Um, Nana Eads, all these girls are, are really good. Kiara Howard, just a lot of balance in a team that can hit you up with multiple people scoring in double figures. And, you know, that's what they did against Koala Creek. It was Kiki Howard's turn to drop in 21 points. She had a great game. Uh, Renaja Verdell, 15 points and 13 rebounds. And it looks like, um, you know, she blocked two shots and, um, you know, Denijah Eads, we said 12 points and, you know, Lindsey Moore got in on the action, hit a shot and Savannah Broska. So there's just a lot to choose from on this, uh, this team right now. And, you know, I, I want to see is, is Bree Taylor still playing? She wasn't listening to box score in this last game and I hope she did not get hurt again. Um, but with that being said, you're going up against Upson Lee who just, 
You got like 19 points from Shakira Ellerby, who's just going to be a monster inside. I mean, that matchup with Shakira Ellerby and Renaja Verdell, if you're a Division II coach, uh, I'm finding a way to watch this match because these are two of the better post players left in the state of Georgia, both about 5'11". Um, you know, Verdell more so with her length, Ellerby more so with her explosiveness. Two girls that have been picking up a lot of offers at that D2 level. That's going to be a great battle inside. But Upson Lee, you know, they, they shoot the ball very well from the perimeter. Um, Jakia Parker has been very good all season long. Ariel Adderton provides some depth as well. Uh, Tyla Zellner is a, a physical body. Uh, Lazia Montgomery, I mean, and even Geiger, who came out really hot. Takira Geiger knocking down some shots. So a really good game. I'm going with my original pick of Ups and Lee, but I'm very interested to see how this game plays out because it's going to be a super hostile environment. I'll tell you that much. It's tough to win at the castle this time of year. So that's why I'm going with Ups and Lee. But I know Stevens County is a very well-coached team, a very good team, a senior-laden team. Pretty much everybody's a senior. They've seen a lot throughout the course of their career. They're going to come at this Ups and Lee team, who is also a senior-laden team. So we got we got seniors loaded on both sides of the ball. Um, going to be a really good physical game. I know Ups and Lee, you don't want to get in a street fight with them because they are tough as nails from everybody I've uh, been able to talk to. Um, so I think Ups and Lee wins this one, but I think Stevens County is going to push them and show them a different type of basketball that they haven't seen all season long. Top right-hand side, Lumpkin County 58-40 to over Westminster. <sighs> you know, Westminster did not play with Courtney Ogden and... Yeah, uh, uh, that's just really disheartening if you're a, a player or a coach in that team to see your star player just not not come to the game. And I know, I know for the reasons and everything, but it it is very difficult to stomach considering the game is played on the court and not in the stands. But I'll I'll leave it at that. And they'll play Pierce County, 66-56 winner over Jackson. So the Elite Eight matchup that I, I thought was going to happen, we we have it. I think you know going to Blackshear, Georgia, that's going to be tough. But I just think Lumpkin County is going to come in with too much firepower, too much momentum. They've seen better teams all season long. You know, Avery Jones is continuing to bring her game to another level, a phenom freshman. Uh, Isabel Davenport, North Georgia guard, can shoot the ball. They just have, you know, so many players to choose from. What, Mary Molinax? here and Mackenzie Caldwell with her um athleticism and it, you know Lexi Pierce there's just so much to choose from for David Dallas and they're just so laser focused and now they're they're really they're really believing they're beating their chests they're ready they're, they're they're I think they're I wouldn't say they're you know getting greedy I think it is a good thing to get greedy this time of year and say yeah we're not just settled for hanging a banner for the first time in 30 years and now you know we made it to a sweet 16 that's cute but that's not a big deal and now we're in the elite eight okay the elite eight's cool but now it's time to get to the final four and now it's time to get to the state championship like they've come too far to just say yeah we're okay with a, an elite eight appearance and we're just going to pack it in and that's it no I think this team is going to come out ready they're going to attack uh natalie heron's going to really have to lead this pierce county team but i just don't think pierce county is going to shoot the ball as well as lumpkin county does and i think avery jones with her ability to get it off the bounce she had 27 points against westminster um you know when she's getting to the basket and you couple that with the outside shooting of the rest of that roster i think lumpkin county wins this one but i do think pierce county is going to give them a hell of a fight but i think lumpkin county is just going to be a little bit better and you're going to pull it off on the road. 
Next up, and again, this matchup we said, whoever wins the universal coin flip is my state champion. Well, the bottom of the bracket won the uh, the state universal coin flip, and that means Cross Creek is coming to the furnace, and that is going to be a hot one. That is going to be very, very difficult um, to win in the furnace. Cross Creek, a 54-41 winner over America Sumter, but now you see Snorville 67-48 over Sandy Creek, and they were firing on all cylinders again, and that went over Sandy Creek. Um, so you're going to be in a packed house. Um, masks are very, 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 very optional. You know, I, I don't even know if they're encouraged there, and I you know, it is what it is. I don't, I don't mind, you know, everyone, it's called personal responsibility this time. If you need someone to tell you what you need to do to make yourself feel safe, that's on you. That's not on anybody else. You can, you can decide for yourself. And that's what I appreciate up there. Um, but I do think Sonorville, they are red hot right now. Uh, you're talking about Alexa Geary with 26 points, five threes. She's going to Georgia college. She is just a freaking star. She is again, Yes, she can shoot the three exceptionally well, but she's a great athlete. She gets to the basket. Um, she's going to bring, you know, whatever they need. Like, she's going to match Jordan Dorsey and Cross Creek. And that is going to be interesting to see what, you know, Coach Schlein does to take away this outside shooting of um, of, uh, of Sonoraville. And you're looking at this Cross Creek team. You know, they shoot the ball okay. They got three players that have hit some outside shots. Aaron Martin has hit 19 threes, but that's 22%. Uh, the freshman, uh, Michaela Bogans, uh, 22 threes. She's hit 30%. Jordan Dorsey, 37 threes at 31%. But I'm telling you, this Sonoraville team, they are liable and likely to hit, you know, 8 to 9 to 10, 11, 12, 13 threes. They will shoot the lights out. This game is at home. This is going to be very difficult for the Razorbacks to win. Now, I know. Um, they might be able to kind of get some stuff with their, their quickness, but I just don't think that's going to be a factor here. I mean, Sonoraville has seen quick teams and long teams and really good teams. Shoot, they, the past two years they've been bounced by Johnson Savannah when Johnson Savannah was an absolute powerhouse. And those weren't blowout games. Those are like single-digit losses. This Sonoraville team is locked and loaded. They are ready to compete. Lindsey Bowman at the point guard going to shorter. Maddie Parker at uh, you know shooting guard also going to shorter. These are smart players. They execute very well inside, or not inside, but just overall. They play good defense. They share the ball. They're going to swing the ball on the perimeter. Cross streak is going to be you know running around trying to close out on shooters. You know Abby Chambers, if she gets an open look, she'll knock it down. Um, if Brooke Jones, six foot inside, she can grab some rebounds. She can score a little bit with her back to the basket. I just think the Sonoraville team at the furnace, they are locked and loaded. Cross Creek is a super good team. Like I said, the winner of this game, I personally feel like, wins the state title. But it's at Sonoraville, and Sonoraville is just going to be blistering hot. And if they're not blistering hot, I would be, I would be surprised. But this gym is going to be ridiculous. I know it gets pretty loud in Augusta, but with the fans and everything this year, I don't know how loud it's been, but I'm telling you right now, Cross Creek is not going to have seen anything like this Sonoraville crowd that they are going to see this week. And Sonoraville, with that crowd and with that three-point shooting and with that star power of Alexa Geary, they are going to beat Cross Creek and they are going to make it to the Final Four. Now it's time for Class 2A. 
We had Washington County and Laney's run 56-50. It's been how many years? I know the Augusta Chronicle uh, just wrote a story on Otis Smart and Laney not making it to the Elite Eight for the first time in a long, 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 long time. Um, maybe I'll be able to dig it up. Looks like 24 years in a row they made it made it to the Elite Eight, but I tried warning the Laney fans. This isn't Laney anymore. It's a, you can have a, a one-year rebuild. I'm sure they'll be back and contending for a state title next year, but this Laney team, just it, it just they weren't good enough this year, and that's fine. You graduated a lot of people. This is a real ebbs and flows of what real high school basketball is supposed to feel like. You're not supposed to be dominant every single year. And they were the third best team in Augusta this year, at, at least in their region. Um, you know, I think Cross Creek and a lot of other teams are even better than them as well. But um, they fell 56-50 to Washington County. And now Washington County, they play Callaway, who won 66-61 in overtime. They came back and won that game. Um, I like Washington County here. This Washington County team is, you know, I think they're a better team than Callaway. Callaway, uh, give them credit for coming back and fighting back and beating this this uh, Chattooga team. And they do have some interesting pieces, this Callaway team does. You're looking at Gabrielle Johnson, averages over 15 points per game. And Lacey Thomas, a big freshman, um, she stands, looks like she's about six foot tall or so, but she, she averages close to 10 points and double-digit rebounds and blocks a handful of shots. And she has some nice footwork. And they got some other freshmen. Jasmine Thornton as well has been good. But I think Washington County, um, this is a veteran team. Miracle Parker's really good. Ashley Gray. Uh, they got a couple others as well that are just, you know, they're, they're locked and loaded at this point in their career. They're ready to take a deep run. I think Washington County will be able to do that this year. Uh, Mikaili Parker as well. Uh, Deja Canty, Nariah Gamble has had some big games throughout the season. So I think Washington County, they're just going to have too much strength. And again, Region 5, not a very strong region. And I think eventually that comes back and it gets Callaway. And I think it does against Washington County. Next up, Elbert County in the Elite Eight versus Josie. Elbert County won 62-28 over South Atlanta. Josie 47-39 over East Lawrence. This will be an interesting game, good game. Josie has a lot of talent. They haven't always played up to it, but they're playing really good basketball right now. Um, Deja Huck has just really been their their go-to player. She's been really good all throughout the season. Um, I think they've gotten some... Some nice efforts from some other girls as well throughout the year that have really helped this team really kind of flourish. I mean, you're looking at Huck, you're looking at, oh boy, it looks like Booker. Ariana Booker has had some nice games. She's a double-double threat around the basket. Um, so this is a good, a really good Josie team. You know, you always kind of write them off because just like, if you can't beat Laney, I mean, how are you going to win a state title? But They've been good, and Ariana Booker, 19 points in that game over East Lawrence. She had a big performance. Um, so now you're going up against Elbert County, and Elbert County, all sophomores, all guards, much like Josie who tried to challenge themselves out of the non-region. Elbert County has seen really good teams. They beat Raven County three times. Um, they played Loganville. They played all these teams. Um, this is going to be a good, good game, but you know, I'm I'm not picking against Elbert County. Even though Josie's going to have more length on the perimeter, um, I think they might be a little more athletic than Elbert County. But, you know, Elbert County, Anaya Allen is really good. Terrace Hester is really good. They play exceptionally well together. 
it's going to be really, really tough. And, you know, luckily for Elbert County, this game's going to be at the Inferno. So I think that helps them a lot. Um, so I think Elbert County wins this one. But I, I do think Josie, they, they have a puncher's chance. They have a great chance at kind of rocking the apple cart and making it to the Final Four in a year that, you you know, maybe we didn't really expect it just because um, they did get off to somewhat of a slow start. But I'm going with Elbert County, my original pick. I think they find a way to just have enough and attack just enough with their press and just their overall defense to make it to the Final Four as a group of all sophomores. Top right-hand side, Fannin County 54-46 over Heard County, and they get Early County a 67-47 winner over Swainsboro. Michaela Timpson, that is a story. Fannin County is not going to have enough size to defend her. Early County is going to pound the ball inside. She's going to eat them up on the interior on offensive rebounds and putbacks. If Fannin County drives to lane, she's going to block everything in her sight. Fannin County does have great guard play. Becca Ledford and Courtney Davis, I think they're going to have to really loosen up the defense and hit some outside shots, but Early County does have a good guard in their own right. And Jordan Eford, I think Early County, they have the best player in the classification. They're going to win this game too big. Plus, it's in Blakely, Georgia. It's a long trip away from the mountains of Fannin County. I got Early County just being too big inside with the superstar Michaela Timpson. Up next, Butler, a 62-47 winner over Woodville. Very nice win. And now they see Columbia, who upsets Rabin County 50-41. India Terrell, I think she dumped in 33 points going to Tuskegee. Um, I know Kiana Giles got hurt in that game. I don't know the status of her returning. They had another injury before the game. So it's just one player, but that one player is a stud. India Terrell is very, very good. And she raises everybody else around her. And, you know, Butler, Butler's been good this year, but India Terrell is going to be the best player on the floor. I just worry about is she going to have enough left, healthy, around her to make it to the Final Four. Um, but if you beat Rabin County, you're doing something right. Rabin County is as good as it gets. Um, but, you know, India Terrell, uh, you know, you got to remember, Columbia, this is a 5A school. This this is a 5A school just a year ago. And now they dropped down to 2A, so they do have you know somewhat of a 5A roster still on this team. And I think India Terrell is going to be enough. And I think Columbia from DeKalb County, a rare DeKalb County school in Class 2A, they're going to get the job done and they're going to beat Butler because I don't think Butler's going to see a player as good as India Terrell all season long. And it's at Columbia in DeKalb County, I think. The Eagles are going to make it to the Final Four. Now it's time we move on to Class A Private. Um, Here we go in Class A Private. It is going to be Stratford, a 38-37 winner over Savannah Country Day versus Hebron, 85-45 over Christian Heritage. Hebron wins this one in a blowout. Not much more to say. Way too much talent. They are not losing to Stratford. Next up, Galloway 59-47 over Darlington. They play Greenforce who won 70-28 over Brookstone. This should be an interesting game here. This is a, you know, two good teams that are, you know, somewhat familiar with each other. Uh, I want to see what happens here. It's going to be that that length of Greenforce. Um is that going to be something that Galloway can contend with? Just looking to see if these two teams played this year. Um, doesn't look like these two teams hooked up yet this year. I know they were familiar last year. 
Um, but this is going to be a really good matchup. I mean, Green Force, um, they do have Aniza Sifa Joyce and Adriana Jones and Lauren Maputu and Benny Lundu. They have all these big girls and good guards, and they're just going to take a lot away with their length. And if you're not intimidated by them, then you can play basketball and then you can get the job done. I mean, just dating back to last year. And now Galloway, this is a different team last year. Galloway. Again, I think they're much better with um, Tiana Thompson now running the show at point guard. But Green Force did beat Galloway last year, 66-57. So it was a close game. Um, I think this is going to be another really good game. But with Jada Rice back, with Allison Hoffman still in the fold, knocking down outside shots, Kayla Kane, a physical wing at about 5'10", can kind of mix it up. And she's going to have to play really big against Green Force. And then you add in... Um, of course, Thompson, who I mentioned already, that's really good guard play. And if you can play that game on the perimeter and win that game on the perimeter, um, you can win the game outright. And for that reason, I'm going to stick with my original pick. I'm going to go with Galloway. I know Green Force is really good, but again, I'm going with Galloway. Tiana Champs, Tiana, Tiana Thompson with her playmaking ability at you know 5'10", 5'11", just so wiry, so long. Um, she's really, really good. This is going to be the tallest team she's seen all year, but I'm going with Galloway. I'm going with that very good guard play. I worry about the depth as far as interior, but games are won and lost, usually at the guard position, and I think that is where um, Galloway is going to have the advantage. Up next, Holy Innocence ends Mount Perrin's great season short, 46-38, beating them for the second time. And now they see Deerfield Windsor, 66-45 over Calvary Day. Shocking, shocking result for me. I'm not going to lie. This Deerfield Windsor team, I guess I just came up from the, the GSA just last year. Um, a shocking result for Calvary Day with all the talent they had. They, I am I am just shocked that that happened. And great result for Deerfield Windsor, but I don't think... Lightning's gonna strike twice. I don't think they're gonna beat Holy Innocence with, you know, the Subtle Sisters and you know F- Sierra Foster and Naja Reeves and Olivia Hutcherson. I just think they're gonna be too big. I think Margaret Sadler and Joy Hubbard, those two first team All Region picks out of Region One, are they're gonna have to do some heavy lifting for Deerfield. But I just can't foresee that happening. But the one good thing for deal for for Deerfield. Um, this game is going to be at home, so it's gonna be in Albany. Albany, that's a long ways from home, um, but I just, even just dating back to seeing some of their results early in the season, I mean, Deerfield Windsor lost 45-43 to Brooks County, they lost 33-31 to Pace Academy, lost 56-54 to Southwest Georgia Academy, lost 54-37 to Lee County, lost 45-39 to Doherty, lost 58-54 to Monroe, yada, 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 with all that being said, and they lost 45-36 to Brookstone. Deerfield Windsor should get ran out of the gym, but holy innocence, I just, there's no way. There's just no way. This would be a huge upset. And they already have one nice big upset against Calvary Day, but now you're at that that 1%. You're playing the, you know, those top four teams in Class A private that are head and shoulders above the rest. Um, Deerfield Windsor, it's going to be tough. I like holy innocence to win this one by double digits, running away with, you know, a 20 plus point victory. Next up, Elka, 53-48. They beat Trinity Christian for the second time in a, a very tight matchup. Now they get St. Francis, a 59-48 winner over Wesleyan. Going St. Francis here. Um, uh, Trinice Taylor has that you know that size inside and you know a bit of that athleticism can attack off the dribble here and there. And um, Mia Moore 
And then you have uh, Eric Camoon. Those two guards are very tough. I think Jalissa Dunlap is going to have to really score the ball, and she, she, she's done it. She had a really nice game in the second-round matchup. I love her going to Jacksonville. Uh, Martina Radzica going to Anderson is pretty good as well, and Kelsen Oxidine. Texas A&M, but I just don't think they're going to have enough in the chamber to compete with St. Francis, who has more depth and just more overall firepower. They can put five players out on the floor, and all five can be threats to score. I think Elka only has three players that are threats to score, and I think St. Francis will win this one. And now to wrap up the Elite Eight Class A public we had. ECI 60 to 45 over Pelham. That is now 14 straight wins. 14 and 0 since the return of Princess Hard and the Kennesaw State signee. They will play Greenville, a 84-56 winner over Mount Zion. Uh, I think Greenville is going to have more depth. I think Naturi Smith and Princess Harden. Um, do a lot of the scoring for ECI, and you know Prince is going to be the best player on the floor. She averages close to 30 and 10. But Greenville at Jabrika and Jabrika Leslie, Ogletree, Purdue, they have key pieces. I think they're going to be more, you know, a little more, a little more depth on their side, and I think they're going to be able to throw enough bodies at um, at Harden to make sure she doesn't go absolutely bonkers. And plus, this game is at Greenville, so I'm sticking with Greenville. Next up, Lake Coney Academy, 63-48 win over Tryon. Very nice. And they're playing at Clinch County, which could be a problem. Clinch County, 57-38 at Montgomery. Now, I'll let you know right now, Clinch County is going to be faster and quicker and more athletic at those positions. Sahia Johnson, she is a blur. You're talking about uh, Angel McRae. She is super fast and super long. And when they go to that press, they can really just – create havoc now they're seeing a polished strong solid player in destiny mcclendon um so she is going to be able to handle a lot of that but i wonder is the rest of that guard rotation are they up to the task of going up against an aggressive defense and just you know two really good scores that you have to slow down now if you slow down at least one of those two you're going to be in good shape but for clinch county it's if we slow down uh destiny mcclendon don't let her score 20 points and we hold her over 20 under 20 points they're going to be in good shape. I know Piper Bozard inside is going to be able to score some points around the rim, but uh, you know I'm sticking with my original pick. I think Clinch County is just a team that's been building and building and building, much like we saw from Wheeler County, um, you know, a year ago. And this was a team that was, you know, coming close and knocking on the door and knocking on the door. And now this year, it's their best players are all seniors. They're doing it again, just like Wheeler County last year. I think they're finally going to be able to break through, and I think they're going to get past Lake Oconee Academy, going to get back to the Final Four, and I think they're going to go deep into the state tournament. And I think we're going to see them playing in Macon. So I'm going with Clinch County. I'm going with the Panthers. I'm riding those two stars. It was Ahia Johnson and Angel McRae. I'm riding two star players versus one star player. Even though that one star player for Lake Oconee Academy might be the better overall player, I just think I'm going two versus one here. Next up, Towns County lost 44-53 to GMC. Now GMC sees Calhoun County 46-27. I haven't been impressed with GMC in this postseason. I'm going to be honest with you. An overtime went over about, and then I think they were down early against Towns County. And now they're seeing Calhoun County, a team that has you know pretty much everybody back from last year's team. Um, you're talking about a team that's led by Takia Davis. 
who's going to USC Upstate inside, about 6'2", going to block a lot of shots. And if she stays out of foul trouble, they're in very good shape. And I think Annie Mansfield and Destiny Hightower, if I'm not mistaken, I'm just reading off these names from last year's All-Region team. I think the win, you know, Winbush is back. Winbush, I think pretty much all these girls are back from last year, and they had a bunch of All-Region players. So pardon me if I'm mistaken, but I'm pretty sure you know, Destiny Hightower and Annie Mansfield, I think they're all back this year. So you have a super experienced team, a team that I guess you could say is fresh considering they've only played, what, they're 10 and 11-1 and one overall. They haven't played a ton of games this year. Uh, I really like this Calhoun County team, and when you're anchored by a big girl inside, that's going to have to take away DeAsia, um, DeAsia and then DeAndrea Stevens inside, who are the go-to players for GMC. I think they're going to be able to do that, Calhoun County is. I think they're going to be able to take away any of those looks in the paint for GMC, and they're going to make it hard. And plus, this game is in Calhoun County, so I do like the Cougars to advance to the Final Four. Next up, Turner County was a 60-40 to winner over Dublin. If you listen to the podcast, you know that's who we picked, Turner County. Um, they're now sitting at 18-6 overall. Dublin came in with a 22-3 a and record, but I just think Turner County, they've seen some better teams this year, and this is a team that has three scores compared to one score of Brianna McCray. I think that's kind of how that game did end up playing out. So we got Turner County, um, you know, back deep into the state tournament. Let me see what they did last year. I knew they did take a run. Last year, Turner County did make it to the Final Four where they did fall short to Wheeler County. So they're back in the Final Four, uh, I think, after this win over Commerce. Who Commerce, 43-33 over Armucci. Commerce has gotten good play. Carson Hobbs has been very good. Um, Brianna Sanders has led that team as well. I think they do have uh, a, a good core. They played really, really well. But now you're going up against a Turner County team that, again, um, just looking at what Commerce has seen, I know Taylor County probably had a, a, some decent athletes, but they're not going to be as you know athletic plus able to score the ball like this Turner County big three trio has done throughout the year. So I think it's going to be difficult. Turner County, just looking at what they've been doing all season long, you know, 60 to 40, like I mentioned over Dublin, a big win, and you got Jaleesa Office, uh, you know, Burgess, you got all these girls, uh, Ikea Temple, you know, you got three players right there all averaging, you know, close to 20 points per game. That's going to be tough to slow down for Commerce. Um, This game is at Commerce, so that's a long trip from Ashburn, Georgia to go up to Commerce. So you're talking about North Georgia basketball. It's going to be up there. I know it's going to be a crazy crowd. But I just think Turner County is going to have a little bit too much firepower. And they've been there before. Commerce uh, has not done so. Uh, So I do like Turner County to make it back to the Final Four. And with that, that is our Elite Eight podcast, huh? We we got it nice, quick, and easy. Some predictions here and there. A couple changes um, to my picks. But I thought I stayed true to the the vast majority of everything. Um, so uh, good basketball coming down the pipe. Make sure you go out and support these girls where you can. I know some places are going to be tight-lipped and not be able to let people into the gym. But remember, follow Kyle Sandy at KyleSandy355 on Twitter. Follow SandySpiel.com and at SandySpiel. And also CTC Athletics on Instagram. We've got a lot of good content out there from highlights from everywhere we go. But that is it, the Elite Eight. And gosh, I guess I'll be talking to you soon with the Final Four. I appreciate you listening. Bulletin board material season. 
Love to be proven wrong. I kind of hate it, actually. But I love that games aren't played on paper, and I think we're going to have another great week of the February frenzy.